the graduates from uh, from high school connected with our church in our church and connected with our church. Mallory Morgan, Orangefield High, Sean Snyder, Orangefield High, Garrett Delano, Bridge City High, B.J. James, Bridge City High, and Bobby Parrott, Bridge City High. Aaron uh, B. Dare graduated from Lamar in nursing, and Leah Clayton, who is not here this evening, graduated from LSU with a degree in, uh, in economics. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm one of those who, who think that graduation is a big deal. I mean, it really is. It's a big deal. Yes, sir. <laughs> it is an event that will always be remembered by the graduates and their families and their friends. And it's, it's an exciting time. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, a little bit melancholy, sometimes sad time because so much is coming to a conclusion, but a graduation is called a, a commencement. And uh, that means it is a beginning. I, uh, I love to go to graduations. I enjoy going to them. I like to get there early enough to watch them come in and uh, then uh, I, if there's a speech at the graduation, I enjoy the speeches, especially at a, at a college graduation. And so uh, I'm all for you. I'm all for you. I really am. And I, uh, I hope that you high school graduates will further your education, because the more education you have in this day and time, the better you'll be. Uh, so I congratulate you. Congratulations to all of you. And, uh, Amen. So I, I'm, 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 I'm here. I'm, I'm a self-chosen speaker here at this deal tonight. We usually do this in my backyard, and I'm a little bit closer. I get get the graduates up there in the front, you know. But you're in the front, but not quite as close as you would be at my backyard. So I'm, I don't think you'd call this a sermon, probably a talk. I don't know that I'd label it a speech, but uh, I'm not going to be long, BJ. When, when we get through, we got all my, we got wonderful things waiting for everybody out in the Family Life Center. And even as I speak, the hamburgers are being prepared. And... Uh, big old strawberries and cream cheese icing and and uh, Don he can't eat none of that he's on a diet he can eat it. <laughs> that good cake and punch and whatever so something for everybody uh, I'm not going to ask you to stand because I'm just going to 
I'm just going to read a text here and go right into what I'm going to talk about. Uh, from Isaiah 54 and verse 2, the prophet said, Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. So if, um, if, if there was something you wanted to remember, some kind of a title, and I would, that it would get deep enough in all our hearts tonight, not just the graduates, but all the rest of us, because it's a truth that is very, very pertinent. And that is this, long ropes need strong stakes. The, uh, the Apostle Paul wrote his last letter from Rome to Timothy, who was his uh, son in the gospel. Timothy was in Ephesus. And uh, in the letter, and it's, uh, it's one of the books of the New Testament, in that letter, Paul asked Timothy to come to Rome and uh, visit him in prison there. Paul was in what is called the Mamertine Dungeon. And uh, he asked Timothy to pass through a place called Troas, pick up his books and his parchments and, a, and, a, and an old cloak an old robe that he had left at the house of Carpus. Now, if the church could tonight, what a robe it would weave for the Apostle Paul, the best we could possibly do. But that old robe that he had left in Troas at the house of Carpus was the only one that he possessed. It had been wet with the brine of the Mediterranean, white with the snows of Galatia, yellow with the dust of the Ignatian way, and crimson with the blood of his wounds that he had suffered for Jesus. It was going to be getting cold in Rome. Winter was coming, and Paul wanted that old robe to keep him warm. So in the letter, he asked Timothy to hurry up and get there. He said to him, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. Do thy diligence to come before winter. And so uh, the reason that, that Paul wanted Timothy to come before winter was because if he waited till spring, that might be too late. Paul had this premonition he wasn't going to last out the winter. He said, the time of my departure is at hand. That being the case, we like to think that Timothy started at once for Rome, that he went to Troas and he picked up the books and the parchments and the old robe. And from there he sailed past Samothrace to Neapolis. And from there he traveled by the Ignatian Way across the plains of Philippi. Uh, 
through Macedonia to the Adriatic Sea. And from there he took a ship to Brundisium and from there he went by the Appian Way to Rome and to Paul in prison in Rome in his last days. Timothy brought to him the books he had asked for, the parchments that he had asked for, and the old robe to keep him warm. And he also brought his, his brotherly love, his fellowship, and his friendship. But one part of that letter must have rang over and over again in Timothy's mind and heart after he read it. And it was the part that said, hurry up and come. Hurry up and get here before winter. There are some things that just must be done before winter. And if, if they're not, they might not ever get done. It's no accident that God made the seasons like he did, spring and summer and autumn and winter, because life is so much like those four seasons. There's springtime, new life, new growth, new beginnings. And then comes summer, the growing season, the uh, long days and the short nights. And then there's autumn when the things start cooling off and the leaves and the grass begins to fade. And then winter comes and um, the December winds strip the leaves from the trees and send them swirling through the streets and fields. A uh, little girl heard a doctor talking to her father one day about her mother who was very ill and the doctor said, sir, he said, when the leaves fall, your wife will be gone. And she knew what that meant. So when they got home, she went out in the backyard and she was there all evening long. Finally, her father went looking for her. He found her sitting under a tree crying and he asked her what was the matter. And she said, I heard what the doctor said when he said that mommy will be gone when the leaves fall. And she said, I've been out here trying to tie all the leaves on the tree. She said, I don't want the leaves to fall. But the leaves will fade and the leaves will fall and winter will come. There are some things that you just can't afford to wait till autumn or winter before you attend to them. There's some things that have to be done quicker than that. There's some things that have got to be done now. Isaiah said, when you enlarge, now listen to this, because it's so fitting where you are. When you enlarge the place of your habitation, he said, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Now anybody acquainted with camping and tents understand the metaphor. When you pitch a tent, the longer that you make the ropes, the stronger you've got to have the stakes. If you, if you lengthen the rope way out there, you've got to have strong stakes. Long ropes need strong stakes. And one doesn't have to look far in modern life 
to discover example after example of such increased extension calling for increased stability and the calamities that go on all around us. A prominent businessman goes to pieces in a collapse of character that astonishes everybody. A politician falls from the pinnacles of success into the morass of dirty dealings made public. A well-known preacher, much respected, falls into sin. A professional athlete who seemed to have everything, everything, money and everything, is busted for drugs. A college president leaves his job and family and disappears in society. There wasn't any foul play, he just wanted out. Teenagers in this day and time commit suicide in epidemic proportions. And on and on it goes. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a, a broken record. People who had so much going for them. They had so much, they, they could, if, if they would just have applied themselves, they had so much going for them. And somehow, because they lack something, they, they, they lack something deep down inside of them. They lack moral stability and character. And the problem is they're living an overextended life and like a tipsy tent. They have long ropes, but they got weak stakes. Life is like a tree. An increase in the branches demands an increase in the root system. If a tree is going to grow and its branches are going to spread out, it's got to have roots that will go down deep. And every new arch has to be braced by a new foundation. And every outthrust calls for a new inthrust. So here you are, graduating from high school, one graduating for college, and the same thing applies in all these plateaus that we reach in life, your lives will expand and your lives will enlarge. And there'll be new responsibilities and there'll be uh, more expected of you. There will be more complications. And uh, on and on it goes. And you know, a lot of young people that your age, you're ready to get out and try your wings, and, and that's all right. That's, we, we all we all did. All the rest of us sat where you sit. We, we felt that way. Uh, but the day will come, you'll want your feet back under Mama's table again, I guarantee you. So, since the ropes of your life are lengthening, it's, it's, it's a must. It's imperative. If somebody hadn't told you yet, they need to tell you now. You've got to strengthen your stakes. you got to. You're not going to have somebody looking over your shoulder all the time telling you do this, do that, or don't do this, or don't do that. I mean, you're going to make the decision. You decide. So the ropes of your life are lengthening. You've got to strengthen your stakes. You must. you got to. Because long ropes 
need strong stakes. Boy, we live in quite a world today. And uh, I mean, you talk about changes, it's not just changes, it's mega changes. I mean, it's changing quick, it's changing fast. Population of our world has gone from one billion in 1850 to five billion in 1990s. And it won't be long before there'll be eight billion people in our world. And you know, you, all the cars on the interstate that used to not be there, there is a reason for that. Guess what it is? The population's increasing. More people driving. More people's got cars. More families got multiple cars than ever. But it's fixing to really, 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 really get congested. I heard the statistics the other day about the 20 million uh, so-called illegal aliens, what it's gonna be, what that number is gonna swell to in just 10 short years. 1500, there were no published books. In 1900, there were only 35,000 published books in the world. In 1990, there were 400,000 published every year. With the advent of the internet and the new printing methods they have, the numbers have just gone berserk, astronomical, of the things and the information that people can get a hold of. Until 1800, the top speed was 20 miles per hour on horseback. The train jumped it to 100 miles an hour. The airplane jumped it to 300 miles an hour. The jets jumped it to over 500 miles an hour. Space flight jumped it to 16,000 miles an hour. We have switched from an industrial society to an information society. Probably 60 to 70% of the population works in information occupations. And today, the barrage of information that reaches the public is just unprecedented. It is astounding, the things that reach the public now. It was just barely over a hundred years ago, most people got their information and news from the Sunday morning sermon. Now they get on the internet every morning or read the Beaumont Enterprise. Figure out what it all is and what's going on. Thinking is constantly changing. And truth is up for grabs. There is there is an old proverb, Proverbs 23 and 23. It says, buy the truth and sell it not. I, I don't know how much of that you can get a hold of here tonight, but I want to tell you something, kiddos. If you ever find truth, you buy it. No matter what the cost is, when you find truth, you buy it. You buy it. And then don't ever sell it. Don't ever put it up for sale. Buy the truth and sell it not. The ropes of our society have gotten long. The ropes of the youth of our society have gotten long. I mean long, 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 long. The stakes of character, the stakes of what's in us has got to be strengthened. Now, I'm not, this is not just necessarily for somebody that's graduating from high school. This is all the, the, the many 
the many plateaus that we reach as we grow older on down the road of life. We need to strengthen something inside of us quite regularly. That's why we need the good word of God quite regularly because it is truth. Hallelujah. Yeah, come on, let's all clap our hands to the Lord. So, there, there, there is some good survival advice in this, in, in, in this whole situation that's all around us. And that is this, by all means, by all means, get a good grip on the changeless, timeless truths of God's word. His word that lives and abides forever. Jesus said, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house on a rock, and it fell not, for it was founded on a rock. And the foolish man that built his house on the sand, when the wind came, the same storm that came to the one on the rock came to the one on the sand, and the one on the sand fell. And you know what, the, you know what Jesus said when it fell? He said, Great was the fall of it. The need of strong stakes has never been more evident in modern young people. In America, young people are the free men of society. They are the most unsecluded, they're the most unsuppressed. American youth is the most unsuperintended youth of all time. Your ropes are long. And you've seen enough already. You've seen enough collapses already to know what can happen when you don't strengthen the stakes. Your ropes are long. Be sure, be sure. God, I'd like to put this in your heart. I'd like to cram this down inside of you where it would never get out. Just drive it in and break it off. Long ropes need strong stakes. So don't make a mistake of waiting for autumn and winter, crisis time, to try to do what we're talking about tonight. I mean, you need to start now, you need to do it now. If Joseph had waited until middle age to do what we're talking about, we probably would have never heard of him. But because he had strong stakes with those long ropes, when he got sold into the land of Egypt, brother, you talk about long ropes, now he had them but he had strong stakes. And the world is a whole lot better for it. Daniel was just 20 years old when he purposed in his heart. He wouldn't defile himself, not much older than you. And in so doing, he helped a multitude. He helped friends, he helped a nation, he helped even Babylon, he helped Babylon. And subsequently, he helped the whole world, and he helped us because there's a book in the Bible that bears his name. Some things just got to be done now. And strengthening the stakes for long ropes is one of them. There are many, uh, <clears throat> there are many variables in life, and there are absolutes. So if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, 
if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you. But make allowances for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up again with worn out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it all on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they're gone. And so hold on when there's nothing in you except the will which says, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, if you can walk with kings and not lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you but not too much, if you can fill the forgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it. And what's more, you'll be a man, my son. Long ropes eat strong steaks. <laughs>